0: Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. you have a Bible today, go with me to Mark chapter 16. If you don't got a Bible, not a big deal. This morning, all the words will be up on the screen. Uh, But but I will take just a moment and and kind of encourage you to why we often say, if you have a Bible. Uh, We are at Lakeshore. We are a Bible-believing and a Bible-teaching church. Can I get an amen? Uh, There is nothing wrong with inspiration, but that's just not who we are as a church. Our main goal on a Sunday morning is not to just feel inspired, to not just to just feel, you know, the the goosebumps and the warm fuzzies and go out going, you know what? I can do it. I am amazing. I am. I am the person God wants me to be. There's nothing wrong with inspiration, but that's just not our our goal. Our, Our goal isn't even just information. It's not our goal when we gather to just get smarter and get more Bible facts and knowledge, although both inspiration and information have their place. Our goal as we gather, it is revelation. I, I love the word in the New Testament, revelation. It's the word apokalupdo. It's just a fun word to say. And, and really what it means is it's an uncovering. It's, it's when someone pulls the curtain back and apokalupdo or revelation, you can now see something that you couldn't see before. Revelation is when God, he opens our eyes and our hearts and he opens our ears and he gives us revelation or he shows us things. He, he helps us to know things that you couldn't get that on your own. We, you couldn't figure that out. You couldn't see that. You couldn't realize that on your own. That was a God thing. And my friends, the reason we are after revelation is because it is not inspiration nor information that leads to transformation. It's revelation. The Bible says faith It comes by hearing and hearing the word of God that when we have the word of God explode in our hearts by way of revelation, it brings faith. It brings this thing that we just know, that we know, that we know, and it gives us the ability to be and do and live the life that God has for us. And so the reason we make it a big deal to say, hey, get a Bible, bring your Bible to church, uh, maybe get a notebook, get a pen, grab one of the workbooks, is because it's not a, a, a religious posture, uh, but God is not this morning up in heaven being like, all right, real quick, let's see, it's it's 9.33 a.m. Yep, they're meeting at Lakeshore right now. Uh, uh, Jesus, help me real quick, let's do a Bible check. Who has their, it's, it's not about that. It's simply us posturing our heart. Say, all right, God, today, I'm, I'm, I'm coming into your house and I'm coming into your house today with an expectation. You're gonna speak to me. The Bible says that that Jesus, he, He often, he follows our expectation according to your faith, according to your expectation. Let it be, let it be done to you, the Bible says. And so we bring our Bibles and we just posture and say, God, this morning, I don't need to be inspired as much as I do want to be inspired. I don't need information. God, I'm postured and ready. Speak to me today. God, like I was going to a fresh bakery. And I was getting my favorite, you know, loaf of bread or donut or muffin. God, today, I don't need an old word. I need a fresh word. I I, I don't need religious sentiment this morning. God, I need a fresh word from you because here's the reality. One word, someone say one word. One word could, could change your life. One word from God could alter your entire life right where it is. One word from God is all it takes. And so we come every week and say, God, we need we need you to speak to us. We don't need sermons. We don't need worship songs as much as, God, we need your voice to speak and to resound in the depths of our heart. Can I get an amen? So Mark chapter 16, it's where we're going today. And we are in a series, forgive me. I left my workbook uh, sitting on my desk and I did not grab one when I came in, uh, but we're in a series. You probably grabbed a workbook or you saw a workbook as you came in that we've been in for a number of weeks. And by a number of weeks, I do mean a number of weeks. This is week 10 in this series. And we're in this series called Living an Empowered Life. And we've been talking about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's one of those subjects that can be rather controversial because people have so many differing opinions and perspectives. Uh, People live on what seems to be extremes at times. But, but it's been our goal in this series to come back to say, well, what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? And, and we do not have time today to recap 10 weeks or nine weeks worth of material, but let me just say that we are desperate for the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not able to, to live the life he lived that we read about in the Gospels. He was not able to fulfill the call of God on his life and to do what he did because he was the son of God. He, he was able to be and do and fulfill what God had for him because he was living filled with and empowered by the spirit of God. Jesus' secret sauce was not that he was the son of God. His secret sauce, if you will, is that he was filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, which is why he told his followers, you need to wait and linger and hunger in your heart for the gift. Someone say gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift for the gift of my spirit that I will send to you. And we've broken this series up into three different parts. The, ver- the first part, we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. By the way, if you haven't been here at your first time, um, all the sermons are on podcasts and YouTube. Um, but also, if you go to the guest experience desk today, uh, they have all of the workbooks. And so if you wanna grab workbooks one, two, and three, you can grab those today. And I will just say, Pastor Gill has done a phenomenal job uh, building these workbooks. There's so much information. They're so rich with resources and appendix uh, you, you, you could not go through that and study those and use those as resources and not walk away with the, with the biblical understanding of what the Bible has to say about the Spirit of God. Uh, we can't recap it all, but in the first section, we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What, what has he come to do? What, what does he desire to do? What role does he play in my life? The second workbook, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about like things like being baptized in the Holy Spirit and receiving uh, uh, a, a, a prayer language and speaking in tongues. And, and in this third uh, workbook, what we're talking about is the demonstration of power, the Holy Spirit's demonstration of power. Now, Pastor Gil made mention last week, and I wanna make sure to make mention today uh, in case your mind goes there, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, what we're not talking about in this workbook are the gifts of the Spirit. We will be talking about those at some point coming up in the months to come, but we're not talking about the gifts of the Spirit. As much as we're talking about from Mark chapter 16, so we're asking you to turn today, uh, we're going to be spending uh, the next three, three weeks or this entire workbook in Mark 16. As much as we're talking about what Jesus says are the signs the signs that follow the life of those who would believe and those who would step into the mission and the mandate of the gospel, which we're, we're gonna talk talk about today. But, but let, let, me, let me say this just to lay a foundation for where, where we are and where we're going today. Uh, pa- pa- Pastor Gill said this last week, and, and I just wanna echo it. The goal of this workbook, the goal of last week and, the, and, and today and the next two weeks, it's twofold. Number one, it is that every single one of us who call Lakeshore our home on all three of our campuses, that, that we would come to this understanding or we'd come to the, this realization that God desires to move and to work mightily in and through our life. Jesus did not discriminate. By the way, the Bible is, is not di- discriminative at all. There are verses like Galatians 2 and Acts 10. Um, I think it's Galatians 2, 6, Acts 10, 34 through 35, I think. But where the Bible says things like, God shows no partiality. No, 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 What God has done for one, God will do for, for another. Acts chapter 10, this caught Peter by surprise. And Peter goes, whoa, God, hold, hold on. You are, you, you, you're giving these gifts to these people and you're moving in this way with these people. And he says, wow, in truth, I perceive in, in other words, whoa, it's, I'm coming to this understanding, this realization that God shows no partiality. But what he's done for one, he will do for another. What he's done for one, he will do for anyone who will call upon him, for anyone who will walk in his word and in his ways. And, and the, the goal of this is that we would see, no, God, he wants to use you. God wants to use us. God wants to work mightily through our lives. And, and, and secondly, more than just we would understand, Pastor Gill said with, with no apologies, his goal is that every one of us would step in and begin to, by faith, engage and walk in the things that we are talking about. For, for the purpose of making sure that we're all on the same page, I do wanna take just another second. And I wanna remind us, Pastor Gill last week, he talked about what signs and wonders are. And um, if, if, if you ha- have the workbook, this is in uh, lesson number one in this workbook. But let me, let me give you the definition that Pastor Gil gave us last week. Uh, the word signs in the New Testament, the word signs is a Greek word. And, and this Greek word, what it means is a mark or a token. Like a signature or a seal that is applied to a document, it is a mark or a token in order to guarantee something's authenticity. Uh, th- this word in this culture was predominantly used for uh, a-, a mark or a seal or a signature. And so people, they would be uh, receiving like a document or an order and they're, they're looking for the seal. They're looking for the mark to prove it- its authenticity. And this word signs, what it, what, what it means and what it speaks to us is that signs in the New Testament are supernatural things that authenticate God's word. It is the supernatural demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power for the purpose of authenticating, of verifying the word of God. It's important that we know this about signs, that signs, they authenticate God's word. And he, hear, hear me this morning and they sometime, somebody say sometimes, somebody says sometimes, they sometimes are immediately noticeable and happen quickly. But other times, they happen subtly and over a period of time. It, it's it's th- th- things like the person that says, you know, I can't really explain it. I, I, I was just in a really dark place and and uh, I, I just happened to be at this church service and the pastor was talking about the gospel and all that Jesus has, has come to do. And he said, if anybody wants to be saved, put their hand up and something in me just went, God, I, I need you. So I put my hand up and I said, God, I need you. And I prayed the prayer and I, sur- I surrender my life. And to be honest, I can't really, I can't really tell you where it happened. I know that I, I wasn't sitting there and I didn't get goosebumps. I didn't fall out in the Holy Ghost. I didn't start speaking it. I just, I just said, God, by faith, I receive the gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins, the cleansing of my past. I receive the righteousness of God that you have now bestowed upon me. And I just started following him. And I can't tell you where it happened, but somewhere over the last period of time, God changed me. I'm different. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't struggle like I used to struggle. I mean, the things that used to have me so bound, it's like I'm free. It is supernatural power or, or something that is at work in our life that is a sign, that is a seal, that is a authentication of the, of the, the truth, verifying the truth of God's word. It, it's, it's the person that says, you know, I got the doctor's report and it, 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 was, it was bad, it, it was not good. And, and, and I just happened to be flipping around on the TV and I saw some TV preacher and they were talking about how by his stripes we are healed. They were talking about communion. I just thought, God, if that's true, I need that. And I just, I, I, I found the scripture and I started praying and thanking God that God, you said, by your stripes, I'm healed. And I started just every day ta- t- taking communion and thanking him that the, 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 body, the bread represents the body that was broken. And, and I didn't feel different in the moment. Nothing, nothing seemed to happen in the moment, but I went to the doctor and the doctor said, "This is a miracle. No one gets healed from this. no one recovers from this. What happened? Well, it, it is a sign. It, it is verification and, and authenticating. No, God's word is true. and signs all through the New Testament. It is the supernatural power of God that verifies and authenticates that he is who he says he is and he will do what he said he would do. And sometimes it's immediate and it's noticeable and other times we receive it by faith and it is a subtle progressive things that happen, but when we receive it by faith every time, God does what he said he would do. Wonders on the other hand, Pastor Gil defined this last week is a word that refers to extraordinary occurrences that cause the observer to marvel or to be amazed and can often be translated for miracles. Wonders authenticate God's word by initially, by initially starting, uh, startling the observer in order to captivate their heart and their mind. I think about the story in the New Testament where do you remember the four friends that they had a friend who was paralyzed, they had a friend who could not walk. He was paralyzed. It's like, thank you, Brandon. We all know what it means to be paralyzed. You're welcome. Um, he, c- he couldn't walk. And so they, they, they bring him to this house where Jesus was. There's no room by the door. And so they make a hole in this roof and they lower him down. And Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. And the whole room is like, first of all, I'm pretty sure he's not here to get forgiven. I think he needs to walk. But all the religious leaders are going, Phew. Who does this guy think he is? No one can forgive sins but God. Who, who does this guy, this guy, this blasphemous guy? And the Bible says, so that they would know, for the purpose of them knowing that he was who he says that he was, he said, Rise up and, and walk. And it wowed and marveled and wondered all who were there, authenticating. He is who he says that, 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 that he is. It's important that we know this morning the difference between, uh, between signs and wonders because while all signs and wonders are supernatural, hear me this morning, not all supernatural power is spectacular or seen as an immediate result. Here, here's why that matters. Because for so many of us, for so many people, we, we have stopped engaging these things for, for, for so many people, because we go, no, well, every, and if it's supernatural, if God's really at work, it's spectacular. It's immediate. It's wow. It's awe shocking because we don't know that, no, there are times that the supernatural power of God is at work. It's just not as obvious as, as we want it to be. We, we've stopped taking the shot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I did pray for someone one time and it's nothing happened. So I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I, I, I did share, share my faith with someone at work and it was kind of awkward and kind of weird. And I don't feel like God was really, really there because we forget about things like where the Bible says that one plants another waters, but God brings the increase. Not realizing that every time we buy faith, say, God, I wanna be a part of advancing the kingdom of God. I wanna be a part, God, of sharing the gospel and, and being used by you that Jesus said these signs will follow those who, those who believe. Mark chapter 16, I suppose we ought to open the Bible um, because I've been up here for a minute. Mark chapter 16, uh, it's our text today that we are reading in workbook number two. And uh, re- reading from the New King James Version, I'll read from the screen, verses 15 through 17. Here's what Jesus says. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Go back to verse 15, we'll read it one more time. Uh, Just verse 15 by itself. And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The the, the reason I took just just a few minutes at the front side to remind us what what Pastor Gil led us in last week talking about signs and wonders and how both signs and wonders, they are for the purpose of authenticating the word of God is is to, 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 to make this point that unless the word of God is preached, Unless the word of God is proclaimed, there is nothing to authenticate. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The title of the sermon today is simply this, Engaging the Great Commission. Talking today about how do you and I begin to engage the Great Commission. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it has become common practice in our world, in our culture today, to know things that we don't don't do. Can, can I get an amen? It, it, it's just, it's kind of just common practice, right? Like it's super acceptable. It's super just like, like widely like, yeah, it's just the world we live in. To have understanding of something, to know something, to be fully aware of all the facts and all the information and yet not apply it to our life. If you don't believe me, think about that next time you roll by a McDonald's and you see the drive through packed out. Ain't nobody like, no, McDonald's is healthy. This is fueling my body for performance. No, the, 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 my friends, the facts are in. Like if you haven't read them, the facts are in. McDonald's is not good for your body. And yet we continue to roll through that drive-through. I'd like a number, number seven with a Diet Coke, please. That may or may not be my order. We'll take three kids meals with apples, no fries, because we're being healthy today. Like, you ever wonder if you're like apples, no fries, and the guy at the window's like, okay, well, good try. But it, it, it's widely accepted to know things that we don't actually put into practice. It, it's why we, I mean, we're, we're becoming more and more aware of the effects that our cellular devices are having on us in so many ways. The, the, the destruction that social media is having on us in our culture and in our person in so many ways. And yet we, we just keep on scrolling like getting, getting, you know, uh, arthritis in our thumb. We, we just, because it's, it's pretty widely accepted. It's, it, it's something that actually we use as, as comedy. And, and, and I don't think it's any surprise to us that that's crept into our Christianity, hasn't it? It's kept into, it's crept into the way we follow God, which is, which is why, if we're honest, there is a gap oftentimes between our biblical knowledge and our biblical living. There is a gap between our biblical knowledge, our biblical understanding, and our living or following in the ways of Jesus. I don't think this is is any more obvious than in the Great Commission. Theologians, scholars of today, uh, often refer tongue-in-cheek to the Great Commission as the great omission. It's the thing that we all know, and we uh, we, we, we all agree we should be doing, and it's the thing that God wants us to do. We just don't do it. And yet culturally, it's widely accepted that, yeah, we just, I mean, I know, but I'm, you know, you you understand, God knows my heart. Yet, Yet the Bible, it is inescapable that the Bible teaches us that we are Christ's ambassadors. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that you and I, we are the representatives of God in our world. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are the ones who are carrying this message. But but, but Bible tells us all throughout the New Testament how Jesus, he has handed to you and I his message and his mandate to reach the world with the good news of Jesus Christ and to advance his kingdom into all the earth. Mark, Mark chapter 16, we're going to look at just four things today from this passage that Mark chapter 16 tells us. Um, I'm going to give you the, the, the first two kind of in succession, but, but the first two are this. Number one, Mark chapter 16, Jesus says, number one, if you're taking notes, to go and to keep on going. To go and to keep on going. And number two, if you're taking notes, to preach and to keep on preaching. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, we'll read it again. Jesus says, he said to them, go into all the world. That word go, what it means? It means to go and to keep on going. The the actual Greek word, the definition of it, it speaks to something that is launched and it continues in motion. It makes me think of my children because once they wake up, they continue to go. They go and they keep on going. They talk and they keep on talking. They run and jump and scream and they keep on running and jumping and screaming be- because they're, they're, they're going. And, and this word go, it doesn't mean to go like once a year. Yay, I, I, once a year I go on a missions trip. It's powerful. So no, that's not what it means. It, it, is, it, it, it can be translated this way, to, to get on mission and stay on mission. He says, go into all the world. That word world, it's in your workbook, but the word world, it doesn't refer to the planet we live on as much as it refers to all the structures and systems within the world that we live in. The government and community and culture and neighborhoods and what it speaks to us is that we are to go, maybe not into the world, but into our world. Maybe God hasn't called you to Africa or Asia, but he's called you to your neighborhood, but he's called you to your family, But he's called you to the workplace that you are in. He's called you to the school that you're in. It it speaks to not the world globally, but the world where you are, your world. And Jesus says that you are to go and to keep on going into your world. And he says this, and you are to preach. You're to preach the gospel. That word preach, it doesn't mean to just be preachy like a preacher with a microphone. But, but, but that word preach, what it means is to proclaim something. It, it, it means to take the authority at the command of a king and to, as a messenger, come and proclaim his, his message. It's, it's uh, kind of like the other day I asked uh, my, my oldest daughter, Evelyn, I said, Evelyn, we got 15 minutes till we got to be in the car. I don't know where your brother and sister are, and I don't want to walk back upstairs. You have young legs, go back upstairs and go and tell your brother and sister they need to get dressed, make sure their room is clean, and get downstairs because we gots to go. She she wasn't going on on her authority. She wasn't going upstairs because she was concerned about the time. She she was going because I said, Evelyn, I have a, a message. I, I have something that I need to get to your siblings by the way, they will not listen to you. If you just say, hey, get dressed, make sure the room's clean, like I promise you, Graham will do what Graham does. Brooklyn will do what, Br- they will not listen to you. But make sure you tell them, dad said. See, th- this word preach doesn't mean to like stand on a corner somewhere with a bullhorn and say turn or burn. Preach is... It means to receive a message from God. Maybe this is why Paul said, as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach. As much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel. To preach is to say, God, I need to get filled up. I need a message from from you and to go into your world and proclaim the truth of his word. To, To go into your family, into your workplace, into the world that you live in and to proclaim the truth of his word. He says, go and preach the gospel. The gospel is good news. Can can I remind you this morning that we're not called to preach a bad news gospel? The gospel isn't bad news. The the, the gospel is not religious jargon. The gospel is not religious tradition. The gospel is not your political opinion. The gospel is not condemnation and judgment because people don't live the way you think. The gospel is good news. He said, you gotta go into your world and you gotta get these glad tidings this good news into your world. And that is that there is a God and he is the one and the only true God. And he so loved the world. He's not mad at the world. You're mad at your world, God's not. And he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, not to condemn the world, but to, but to, but to redeem the world. That Whoever would believe in him They wouldn't perish, but have you? Do you know that the 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 message that we carry is one that whosoever would call out to God and say, "God, I need you." God, I'm 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 at the end of myself. I've done everything I know to do, and all the all the all the roads that I've taken are dead ends. God, I I need you. That whosoever would call upon Him will be saved. That they'll be forgiven of their sins that the the good news we carry is one where, where God cleanses us and he frees us from the guilt and condemnation that we've carried for so many years from our past, that he fills us with his spirit and makes us a new person, that he gives us a new name, that we're now the sons and the daughters of God, that because we're in the family now, everything that God has to offer is available to us that now the full provision and protection and healing and wisdom of heaven is at your disposal. The good news is that God so loved the world that he came to do what we could not do for ourselves. And Jesus said, it's, it's not a suggestion. It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commission. It's, it, it's the great command that anyone who would call upon him, I'm now sending you into your world to go and to keep on going and to preach and to keep on preaching. Number three, if you're taking notes or you have your workbook and it's to this, to do so expecting eternal results. I, I think that another way to say this would be realizing that there is eternal weight to what we're called to do. I think maybe it's because we live in, a, in an American culture where everything's become so pluralistic. Which got you know, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Because maybe we we care at times more about being canceled or criticized or offending someone or saying the wrong thing than we do about eternity that we just don't think about the eternal ramifications of what we've been called to. Bible says this in Mark chapter 16, verse 16. Jesus says, and he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned that's weighty isn't it it's weighty hold on jesus you've handed me your mission that's why that's why we call it, that's why I'm calling it the great commission because because we now we're now in this together remember jesus he in Acts chapter one, he did not hand his mission to, to an individual. He didn't say, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to heaven. And Peter, I know you denied me three times, but we had a great breakfast. I'm feeling really good about this relationship. And so Peter, you're the guy now. And make sure you find another guy because when, when you get old, you're gonna die. And make sure you find another guy. No, he, he handed his mission and his mandate to the church to all who would believe. That means that the moment I said yes to Jesus, the moment I gave my life to him, not only as savior, but as Lord, that I stepped into a commission with him. And it's weighty. He, he, he said, I'm, I'm calling you to go into your world. By the way, I want to keep emphasizing this, to keep going. The the, the fact that this word would would, would refer to something that stays in motion means that that there's not like like a rest period. Although we have our rest in him, it's not like a, you know, just I want you to try with Bob. Listen, if Bob's not feeling it, then forget about Bob. He says, "No, no, no, you keep going. You keep going into your world. Just like I have been with you, you stay patient and persistent with the world you're called to. Isn't God so patient and persistent with you and I? I, I? I never feel the condemnation or the guilt or the weight of God going, come on. But, but I always feel the persistent love and nudge from God saying, hey, come on, I've called you. Hey, come on, there, there's, there's more that I have for you. He says to go and keep on going and to preach and to keep on preaching, realizing that for those, Mark 15 or 16, 16, for those who believe eternally they will be saved. Yes, they will in that moment receive salvation and be welcomed into relationship with God. And here on earth, we can say thy kingdom come and thy will be done. But eternally, they will experience the redemption of their soul and of their body and they will eternally be with God forever. And and in the same breath, But those who do not believe, those who reject the truth of the gospel, God does not condemn them, but they condemn themselves in rejecting the truth of the gospel. And they will eternally suffer the consequences of that decision. So what do we do do with that? I don't know about you, but the weightiness of that makes me go, what what, what do I do with that? And here's where we'll close today. Uh, Point number four, if you're taking notes or in your workbook, is that we have to rely on supernatural authentication because the thing we are called to is eternally significant and eternally weighty because it is the mission and the mandate that every one of us carry. We have to rely on supernatural authentication. Can I remind you this morning that the effectiveness of the gospel is not based on your articulation or on your intellect? Can 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 I remind you this morning that it is not your charisma, it is not your your intellectual understanding, nor your abil- ability to articulate something, that makes the gospel powerful. But but so many of us think that way, don't we? I mean I'm I mean, I'm, I'm not very old. I'm only thirty four, and I'm I, I haven't been been a pastor for you know a long time, but long enough that I've talked to so many people that are like, I just, I, I can't. Like, I know God's called me to go into my world. I know that God's called me to go to the place that I am right now and to be you. I, I just can't. And almost every time, here are the two things that I hear. I can't, Brandon, because I just don't know enough. As if somehow our intellectual ability to know it all is what gives the gospel its power. I, 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 I don't know, Brian. I just, I can't because I'm just not very good with words. As if our ability to articulate and beautifully orate this message is what gives the gospel its power. My, my friends, it's quite the opposite. Paul, Paul would write and Paul would say, in my weakness, he is strong. Paul would write, and he 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 would say, "I I I made up my mind to come to you not with articulate or persuasive speech, so that the power of God may be realized. I I, I determined on the front side. I I'm going, God." You've called me and I'm going and I'm not relying on my ability to articulate or come up with beautiful sermons. No, I don't wanna let that get in the way of the power of God authenticating the words and the message that I have been sent with. Isn't it Jesus who said, please don't, Please, please don't. Don't prepare what you're going to say before you get there. Trust the Holy Spirit will give you words as you go. Well, does that, does, that mean, does that mean that we don't, we don't think about what we say before we say it? No, that's not what it means. When, when does that mean, Brandon, that this whole thing is unbiblical because you have notes up there and we wish that you looked at them more and stayed closer to them? Is this, is this unbiblical because you got notes? Wait a minute, are you telling me if I got a tough conversation I'm gonna have with someone that I shouldn't know? That's not what I'm saying. What Jesus says is don't rely on your ability Right, God, I've scripted the perfect letter. I'm gonna give it to this person, and because it's so good, it's, no, you 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 need to realize that the power is not in your intellect. It's not in your articulation. The power is is with me, and Jesus promises that He will, that He will go with us, and He will go before us, and He will stay after us, and He will authenticate His word through his power. The Bible says this and we'll we'll close here. Mark chapter 16, verse 17, Jesus says, and these signs, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Pause right there and go with me quickly to Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And I wanna read this and we're gonna come back to that. It says, and they went out, and they preached everywhere. Listen to this, the Lord working with them, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Could, could, it, could it be possible that part of the reason we haven't, we haven't lived in this kind of power is because we, we've just refused to go? Can we read that again? And they went out and preached everywhere. Wait, so, so they like made a decision to just go and to keep on going. And they made a decision to just preach and keep on preaching. And, and this eternally significant and weighty message, wait a minute, and God went with them Jesus said, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you to the end of the age. The Bible says, and the Lord was working with them and confirming, authenticating, verifying the words through the, through the accompanying signs. Mark chapter 16, verse 16 or 17. Go back there and we'll end with, with this today because in our workbook, the first sign that we want to talk about it is this that they cast out demons. They cast out demons. Some of you are like, that's my cue to leave. Um, um, Brandon, why, why is it important that we talk about casting out demons and maybe even why is it the first thing that Jesus said? Can I tell you this morning? Because there is a fight in a battle that we are in. You know that, right? That we should expect to face spiritual resistance. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, Jesus is speaking, he says, from the days of John the Baptist, which, let's pause. John the Baptist was sent before him, before Jesus, to prepare the way of Jesus. He was in the wilderness preaching the gospel before the gospel was even in motion like we know it. And he says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And it is the violent that take it by force. That word violence can be better translated it's the forceful. It's the people who are strong and who are forceful that see his kingdom pushed. Forward. You, you can go all through the New Testament. John 10:10, 10, 10, 1 Peter 5:8, Ephesians 6:12, uh, 2 Corinthians 10:3 through 5. I mean all these scriptures that speak to the reality that we have an enemy. And the enemy is doing everything he can to stop to resist, to to push back the message and the mission that we are on, to preach the gospel and advance God's kingdom. And Jesus said, here's the signs that will follow. In my name, as you go and you preach and you proclaim my word, as and when you face spiritual resistance, I'm giving you power and I'm giving you authority to cast out demons. read to you from, from my notes and and from the workbook, that word demons, here's what it means. That word demons is a Greek word that speaks to and and refers to any evil spirit or messenger or minister of, of the devil. That word cast out, what it means is it means to throw out or to drive out, to evict someone from a place. Now, I've I've, I've never been evicted, but here's what I know about eviction, that it's not a suggestion. I've never been evicted, but here's what I know about eviction, that it's not something that is casual, but it is a a forceful command. You must leave. This phrase, cast out demons, what it refers to is the authority that we've been given in Christ to identify and to recognize every every attack, Every, every ministering spirit and evil thing that would try to take hold of someone, that would try to stop what God is doing, that we have the authority to, in his name, command it to leave, command it to cease and assist, command it to, to be moved. Matthew 10:1, Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, and when he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power, over every unclean spirit to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. He gave them power over every unclean spirit to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Matthew chapter 16. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, Peter, I'm gonna use you. You're gonna be the first one, but I'm gonna use you and I'm gonna use my church to build the church, to advance my kingdom and the gates of hell, although they may try, they will not prevail. And he continues and says this, for I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth. Someone say whatever. And whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. My friend, it's time for you and I to stop seeing ourselves as mere citizens and subjects of heaven, but rather as empowered representatives of heaven that have been given all authority in his name to resist the enemy, to, to push back the enemy, to in his name cast out every demon, every demonic activity, anything that tries to take hold of or stop what God is doing. We have been given power and authority in his name. And Jesus said, go, go into your world and preach and proclaim the truth of my word. And as you go, I will be with you. And I will verify, I will authenticate through my spirit's power, the words that you speak on my behalf. In in Jesus' day and age, it was very widely accepted. Matter of fact, it was believed that almost all, someone say all, that almost all natural disaster, sickness, disease, pain, but it was all. It was all demonic. And while I certainly don't want to stand up here and say there's a devil behind every door, I think if your car broke down, it might have just been that you didn't put oil in it for three years. That it's not all the devil. But but I think in our culture we we become so numb. Pastor Go talked about it last week. How how deceived and how calloused we have become, and how we are becoming. I just think that we miss it so often. I think we miss it in, in, in two regards, and I'll close with this, that, that first of all, we don't often identify the actual root cause of things. We're facing something, we, we're, we're going through something, we're, we're, we're trying to, we, we wanna be used by God and we're, we're fa- facing obstacles and opposition and, and all, all we, we're good at is identifying the symptoms, forgetting about the root cause and the root issue. God, I've been, I've been trying to, to minister to this person. God, I've been, I've been trying to speak to this person, encourage this person. There is, it's like, I just like, that, like, there's something there. And we look at all the symptoms forgetting there's a root cause. And I think, I think we, we miss it so often because we don't stop to identify the root cause. And secondly, because we haven't realized that we have been given power and authority to take care of that root cause when we, 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 we moved into our house three, four years ago, and um, I didn't know this until till, 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 till a couple months after, but we, 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 well, I, I knew it because we got a knock on the door. It was like seven in the morning, and I did not expect to see two York County Sheriff officers with a warrant. Good morning, are you so-and-so? I'm like, no, sir. And I can prove it. Here's my, here's my ID. And um, I said, can I please go get my wallet and prove that I'm not that person? Because while I would love to spend time with you, it's not in the back of your car. So they, 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 they got my ID. And, and so I asked my neighbor, but he said, who used to live here? They started telling me all these stories about the people that, you, that you used to live in our house. People that, you know, what things that were happening in that house. And a couple, a couple of nights later, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I, I'm not the guy that there's a devil behind every door, but I thought, Lord, I don't, know, I don't know who used to live here. And I've heard stories, but I don't know all that's gone on in this house. But Lord, you've given me authority over every unclean spirit. I start thinking about my babies, thinking about my kids, wife and our family and the calling of God that's on our life. I got up and put, put, some, put some shoes on and, and I just started walking the perimeter of our house, thanking God that every stronghold, that every demonic thing that's been living and existing on that property, that it has to go. Can I tell you, there, there's a root cause to some things. It's, it, it is not what it seems on the surface. And we should expect that as we go, it's not just going to preach the gospel, but as we say yes to whatever God's calling us to. I, I, I've I've just seen it happen time and time again, that someone goes, I'm saying yes to what God has for me. And immediately something comes up that goes, oh, I can't do it anymore. I'm out. There's not a devil behind every door, but I'm telling you the enemy is at work to resist the call of God on your life, to resist the mission and the mandate of, of this message that we have. The enemy is at work and it's time for us to stand up and say, God, you've given me all power and all authority and you've called me to cast out, to remove, to in the name of Jesus command that every attack of the enemy, it must Stop. The last thing I'll say, and then I'm, I'm done, I promise. My dog, if anybody wants a dog, contact me after church. I will give you a dog. He, he's, he's too sweet. He always wants to be right in your space. And he tries to at night jump up in our bed. And he, if, if he was at the feet, that's one thing, but he tries to get his face like right here. And, and I, Murphy, get out. Murphy, get out of my bed get, and it probably takes me five, six times as my voice is increasing in volume and frustration for him to, Brandon, why do you say that? Because remember, remember that signs, supernatural demonstration of power that authenticates God's word. And sometimes it is immediate, and it is right away and it is obvious and other times it requires us to keep on keeping on. So often the New Testament, the Bible says that Jesus, he would cast out an, an unclean spirit, yet if you look at the actual Greek word, what what, what, it, what it says is that he would keep casting it out. He would, In other words, he would keep saying, and keep saying, and keep saying. The confession of our mouth is such a big deal that we have to go, No, I'm, I'm gonna keep declaring God's word. I'm gonna keep speaking healing. I'm gonna keep saying in Jesus' name, you have no right, you have no dominion. In Jesus' name, you must take your hands off that person in Jesus name. You must cease. We have to keep on keeping on. So this morning, as we close, I'm gonna invite you to stand up on your feet. And as we close, I want to pray for you and pray for us that, that God would help us to not only to, to understand, but to have faith and confidence to walk in what he's calling us to God. I thank you today that you've given us power over every unclean spirit to cast it out. You've given us power in your name to, to push back and to command every work of the enemy to cease and assist and flee. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. And so in Jesus' name, we come against this morning, any spiritual attack in our life for the life of our family or our church, we say in, no we- uh, in, in Jesus' name, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we pray that God, you would continue to give us not only understanding, but conviction that we have been called by you to go into our world and to preach the gospel. And I pray that as we do, we would have trust and confidence that you are with us, authenticating your word. Lord, today, as we close, we take just a moment to sing a song of worship. We ask you that what you're speaking and what you're doing in our heart and life, that God, you would seal it in this moment. And we and we, we would walk out of here, God, not just knowing some things, but walking out of here with a commitment to do and to walk in what you're asking us to. In Jesus' name. Church, can we just lift our hands if we're comfortable? And can we take just a moment to close this time of, of, of teaching and just a song to say, Lord Jesus, we receive your word. Come on, let's sing this out today.